Welcome to the Back Pain Podcast with Rob and Dave, the only show geared specifically to help educate you about your back pain. We talk to the experts to bust the myths, break down the science, and give you all the top tips for living pain-free. So if you're driving to work, tidy in the house, or even laid up at home in pain, we have something for everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Back Pain Podcast. Today, it's just me, Rob Bevan, and we are chatting about how you can get the most out of your back pain consultation. Now, this is aimed at people who might be unsure about who they should see. They might never seen any. They might have never seen anyone about their back pain before or any other particular problem. They might be currently seeing someone, but they aren't sure if they're the right person to see, or they might not be sure what to ask when they go and see that particular clinician or therapist. So we're going to kick it off by discussing who you should see in the first place. Now, this is a tricky question. People ask this all the time. Who should I see? Should that be my doctor, an orthopedic surgeon, a neurosurgeon, a physiotherapist, a chiropractor, an osteopath, a sports therapist, a sports rehabilitator? You know, the list goes on and on and on. There's almost too many professions to name. And if you'd like more detail about specifically the differences and who you should see, have a jump over to one of our previous episodes with Mike James, the endurance physio, where we did a whole episode dedicated exactly to or specifically to who you should see for your back pain. But my stance on this is, for back pain, it shouldn't matter. Now, that might sound a bit confusing to a lot of people, but what I recommend to a lot of people is you should look for a clinician or a therapist who has a certain skill set. And that skill set includes things such as they have an active approach to care. And what that means is they encourage movement and exercises, and they should be letting you know what you can do to get better, rather than scaring you about what you can't or shouldn't be doing. People that do manual therapy is absolutely fine, but they should be making this clear to you that manual therapy is a symptomatic relief type of approach. They're not fixing anything. Manual therapy doesn't cure anything or put anything back into place. It's a mechanical painkiller. We know it's, a sh- it's good at short-term pain relief, but it should be there to allow you to move more, allow you to go about your activities of daily living with less pain and ultimately perform your exercises with less pain, which ultimately are the best thing that you can be doing, especially for back pain. Look for someone that isn't taking imaging as standard, especially for lower back pain. Now, whilst this might sound like a good thing, we actually know that only a very, very small percentage of lower back pain will actually need or even benefit from a scan and that the risks of over-imaging far, far outweigh the benefits. So over-imaging or taking images as imaging as standard is always going to raise a red flag for me in my book. And also look for someone who encourages what we call self-management. So anyone that's saying that you need months and months or years and years of care right from the outset after one consultation should always raise alarm bells. Any therapist should be fostering self-management, not reliance on therapy, well, not reliance on them as a therapist. So what that looks like and what I try to instill in my patients is when one of my patients wakes up and they have a bit of pain, they have enough tools that they can go about trying to help themselves first. So that means they wake up and they're in a bit of pain. They know what exercises they've got to do. They know what routine they have to follow, whether that might be heat, shower, going to the gym, going for a walk, going for a cycle. They have all the tools that they know what helps them as opposed to ringing me straight away. Now, often I'm more, of course, I'm always there when patients need me, but I'd love them to have that ability to know what they have to do for themselves first and then call or use me as a backup when needed. So you have an appointment booked, whoever that may be with. So what questions, you know, what questions do people wonder what after they've booked an appointment? And this is something we 
posted on our Facebook group, you know, when you're going to see someone, what questions do you have before that appointment? Now, the big one is, should I take painkillers before the appointment? Now, this is something we get asked all the time. People ring up and they say, should I stop taking them for the day? Or does it matter if I take my painkillers? And my answer is, it doesn't matter. I wouldn't change your routine based on having an appointment. So if you have an appointment at Thursday on Thursday at four o'clock and you normally take painkillers at four o'clock on a Thursday, then continue as normal. Don't change your routine for our benefit. The reason for that is a large part of our problem, a large part of our examination, sorry, comes from what we call that medical history. So that bit at the beginning when we sit down and talk about your pain and talk about the pain in your experience, how it came on, what makes it worse, what makes it better. That is how we formulate what we call our active or working diagnosis. Any tests that we do on top of that just confirm what we what we already know. So being in, in a lot of pain just to come to an appointment is not necessary. If you need to take painkillers, then take them. The other thing is what should I wear? Now, another thing is we like people to be comfortable. I wouldn't put on any special clothing, but something, but wearing something that's comfortable, that might be active wear, gym wear, something like that is always useful and something which can be taken off quickly if necessary. Now, the reason for that is we often need our patients to move around. It might be squat, bend, stand, lunge, jump, whatever it might be. So if you're wearing something that's baggy and loose fitting, that's always beneficial. And often we'll have to look at the problem area, whether that's a back, a knee, a hip, a shoulder, so having clothes that you can that can be moved around to work around that is always going to be beneficial. Also, we'll have to perform some tests, which may involve you lying on your back, moving your hips around, moving your back around, whatever that, you know, moving your knees around, all sorts of things like that. So same thing, being able to move and be free is always going to be beneficial. Also expect that we may ask you some questions that you might not think are relevant. And that might be about previous medical history. It might be about previous surgeries. Or it might be about things which are a bit more personal, such as bowel and bladder habits. It might be about sexual function. It might be about any numbness between your private parts, all for reasons which are very important to screen for other serious conditions. And this should always be explained to you by the therapist or by the doctor why they're asking these questions. But sometimes it's not. So just be prepared for that. And they may also examine other areas of the body to where you're feeling pain. You might think, oh, if I've just got pain in my back, they're just going to have a look at my back. When in fact, there are lots of other conditions that cross over or might refer to the back or the back pain might cause pain in other areas. That might be the hips, the upper back, the neck, the knees. So be expected to have those areas examined as well to make sure it's a full and thorough examination. If you have any questions, feel free to take these on a, on a list or on, a, on an app on your phone. And then you sit there and you can go through this list of questions with your clinician. Often people sit there and they get all this information and questions bombarded at them. They can often be quite nervous as well. So it's very easy to forget any queries or questions that you had before you went in the room. So what else should I bring or what should I bring with me when I'm seeing some of my back pain? We'll often ask about medications. So if you are taking any medications, bring them on a list, bring whether that's the script from the pharmacy or just a handwritten list. That's always useful because it'd be very easy to forget a couple of medications, especially if you're taking a lot. If you've had any previous investigations, so that might mean scans, x-rays, MRI reports, those type of things. They're not necessary, but they are always useful if you have had any. And always then the therapist can then explain any results to you if you haven't had those already. Whoever you're seeing may also ask a little bit in depth about medical history, as I said previously. And that might also include what we call the family medical history. So that might be 
questions about any conditions that run in the family, whether that's types of arthritis, it might be about bowel conditions or other autoimmune conditions. Lots of questions about that, which again, might not feel relevant, but they are very relevant to to you to making sure there's nothing else, nothing else going on. I always like to say to people what they have to make sure their therapist understands. And that is, what is your pain stopping you from doing? And what would you like to get back to doing? Now, these are two really important points. If that therapist doesn't know what you want to do, whether that's gardening, playing with your children or running 100K, they're going to be hard pressed to you know, know exactly how to progress that rehabilitation program or that exercise plan. And obviously their goal, if your goals are very different, as I said, the goals to get someone back to gardening are going to be very different to the next size plan that's getting someone back to running 100K. So make sure they understand what you want to, to be getting back to. Now, what questions should you be asking your therapist? Now, Choosing Wisely UK have come up with a list of this called the brand questions, and they are part of a global initiative which aim at improving conversations between patients their doctors and nurses and any other therapists, really. And their questions say that before undertaking any treatment, you should consider asking, what are the benefits of this particular treatment? What are the risks of this treatment? What are the alternatives? And what happens if I do nothing? Now, these are called the brand questions, benefits, risks, alternatives, and nothing. And that will give you a good overview exactly about this treatment and making sure that you feel this is the right decision to go ahead. Now, I would also add to that to make sure you understand the time frame. So how long is, is the therapist expecting this is going to take you to get back to your goals, whether that's the running or whether that's just being pain-free? And then what are their expectations? Are they expecting you to get back to 100% recovery? Are they expecting you to get back to 50% recovery? Where What are they in their heads thinking at that current time? Now, that, there might not always be a clear-cut answer to that, and it might depend largely on what your goals are, how active you are in your rehab and management plan. But a good indication to ask that at the beginning is always going to be beneficial. And then to finish, what I say is to make sure that you are clear on the plan of action and the prognosis. Are there any lifestyle changes which you can adapt, whether that's ergonomically, whether it's uh, in terms of your routine? Is there anything which you can do to change that will help? And same for the workplace. Is there any workplace additions or changes which you need to make or should make to help improve this? And then importantly, the exercises. Now, exercises will hopefully form a large part of your recovery and a large part of your treatment. Now, if there's a lot of exercises, sometimes this can be difficult to remember. So a tip I give to a lot of people and something I say to a lot of my patients is record me doing the exercise. So if I'm giving them a demonstration of a squat or a bridge or a, a simple stretch, get your phone out and video me doing it. And then you've got a hard copy on your phone of me doing that exercise. And then you can refer back to that as necessary. Now, most clinicians and practices will have software which they can email you or send you exercises or YouTube videos but always have that written down or have that email to you it's so easy to forget which exercises and I've lost count the amount of times I've previously patients said no no I can remember all of that and then they've come in and I said how was that exercise and they've said which one and they look at me like I've you know got three heads so it's always worth making sure you have a copy of all of the exercises which you know you need to be doing or we will all forget and then that's going to obviously impact the recovery so that's a brief overview from me about how you as a patient can get the most out of your back pain consultations. I said this was supplemented with questions from our Facebook group, which is a, proving to be a very useful resource for patients. There's 
I think just shy of 5,000 people in there now. So it's a, a large group of back pain sufferers, all sharing tips, recommendations, exercises, resources from blog posts and YouTube videos, you name it. There's a lot in there as well. So it's worth popping over to our Facebook group. That is the Sciatica and Back Pain Support Group on Facebook. And if you're interested, you can also follow us on our social media. We are at the Back Pain Pod underscore on Twitter, and we're at the Back Pain Podcast on Instagram. Again, we post a lot of information on there, some behind the scenes footage, upcoming guests, upcoming questions. We poll a lot of questions about, we poll a lot of questions to our, to our audience to find out who we should be speaking to next. So head on over there if you'd like to know more. And lastly, before I leave you to the rest of your days, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review. It means the absolute world to us. And thank you to, I think, over 150 people that have left us a five-star review so far. It means the absolute world to us that people take the time to write that. So thank you ever so much. But that's it from, that's it from me. I hope today's been useful. This has been the Back Pain Podcast. I've been your host, Rob. Take care, everyone, and have a fantastic day. Mm-hmm.